I hope that you find the following mental health podcast helpful, but please do bear in mind that myself and any others featuring have no mental health qualifications and we are not medically trained. Therefore, it should be taken as non-professional advice only. Hello and welcome to You Don't Have To Be Alone, the podcast all about experiences with mental health in the hopes that maybe you won't feel so much alone. Um, so you might have noticed for those that are regular here that I have not actually recorded in a couple of weeks, maybe approaching three now. Um, and that's just because a few different things going on. So. Um, I've started studying again, um, and actually that's going to lead me into um, an episode at some point on mental health and productivity. So not this one, but one further on. So stick around for that. Um, and also because um, I've not actually been overly well recently, um, not in terms of physical health, but in, in my own mental health. Um, my depression has sort of peaked a little bit recently, um, mostly because I'm still sort of trying to settle in to how I feel and what, like, or, or settle into working and sort of having a bit of a busier life. And um, I think it sort of just had a bit of a knock-on effect. Um, so hopefully um, that's sort of starting to calm down now. It's just by the time I get to the evening and I'm actually able to sit down and record for you guys, I just feel done in and I just don't have any oomph to get up and go. Um, I just kind of really feel like I just want to collapse into a chair. But the truth of the matter is I've still actually had to use a lot of that time for studying and other things as well. Um, right. So I've not actually planned anything for this episode. Instead, what I have done is um, recently I had been watching, um, so me and my wife watched this um, sort of documentary um, on um, BBC, which um, follows ambulance crews around. It's called Ambulance. And um, it can have its bit of rock and roll with your emotions, I'll admit. You know, you it, it has its you know, real positive, like, they really care. Um, and then there's also the the sad side of the job that they do um, in that, you know, they are losing patients and they are doing all these other things. But this episode that, um, that I watched just last week was actually about their impact or their role with mental health patients. Um, and it was actually really eye-opening. Um, so they were following the North East Ambulance Service, which isn't an ambulance service that um, covers my area. Um, but the fact is that they, right at the start of this episode, they went, to, they were showing a call centre and this call came in for someone that was mentally ill, someone that was just at a point of crisis. But because they were so overrun with all these other calls and all these other like physical things and people, there were genuine assaults and, you know, there were a couple of stabbings and things like that, which, you know, absolutely horrific. And I'm not saying I shouldn't deal with that because I should absolutely deal with that. But 
this patient that was practically threatening suicide was told they would well they weren't told but they after they got off the phone they said well for them it's going to be more like a six hour wait maybe even longer you know it will be tomorrow morning by the time we actually get to them and you know that was that really hit me and it really shocked me that this is someone whose life is in danger because of their mental health just as much as some of these other people that they are actually going to see with physical health conditions but the truth is that you'd actually have to or she'd have actually had or he she i don't actually know but the patient would have actually had to start taking steps to taking their own life to actually be seen and actually be um, got to sooner. And then, of course, they followed ambulance crews around and we um, sort of got to see some of the patients. And there's this one that really struck out that was that they had this uh, woman that was just so far gone that they couldn't even find her in her house. The door was left ajar. They'd gone into like this, this flat where she was supposed to be and they couldn't find her. And so they started going door to door, knocking at the different doors. And um, eventually they found, they found this woman in one of the communal areas of the, of the property. And she was sort of tucked away in a corner and she was hiding herself away. And, um, you know, they managed to get coax her back into her flat and sort of talk to her there. And it was just, I don't know why you're here. I don't get, I don't get why you're here. And they're like, well, because you called us. Yeah, I don't know why I did that. I'm not, you know, there's nothing you can do to help me. You might as well just go. I'm going to kill myself. Of course, they wouldn't leave because what they were saying, and this is really a hard-hitting subject um, and I get that and if if anyone feels at all triggered by by these topics then um, please please reach out to um, any local organization you know of or even um, reach out to me um, I'll make sure that the email is also in the description as well as at the end of the episode um, but yeah it's it really but then they started calling different mental health organisations. So, you know, the obvious thing, this, she was point blank refusing to go into the hospital. And, you know, can kind of understand that. It's kind of scary. You don't want to go to hospital and end up possibly being sectioned. Um, but they were saying, you, we're not trying to section you. I don't think you're going to get sectioned as long as you actually get the help you need before you get to that point. Um, but she just refused and they were trying to find some form of help for her so they went through to like a local um the local crisis uh, mental health crisis team they said oh no the best bet would be to call social services so they went through to social services who said no you need to call to call the uh, crisis team and they went round and round in circles and they got absolutely nowhere and it was so disorganized and it just made me in fact, I think the paramedics even said it. If it was her making the calls herself and she'd had to deal with all that, it would have got to a point where she just couldn't deal with it. And she'd think even more that nobody cares and that's it. What's the point anymore? And 
there's this big gap in particularly in this country in our mental health i've touched on it before that um, our, our mental health um, treatments in this country are few and far between um, so we're really fortunate in this country to have the nhs which offers free medical care and the nhs does have some mental health structure in place as well but the real big issue is that is that mental health is still not seen as a big enough issue even within the nhs to actually get things sorted and yes there are private uh, sectors that are available but if you're unable to afford that private treatment then you're on your own and the whole reason we've got the nhs is because in this country we believe that healthcare is a right and not a privilege healthcare should be provided to everyone no matter their financial circumstance no one should have to put themselves into debt in order to be treated and we're not talking just about their physical health here we're talking about mental health as well but like i've i'm currently under a service locally um, and they are able to offer me eight sessions and then they chuck me out the system and i have to self-refer again and i go back round. um but the point the problem is that if even if i put in a referral immediately for myself i'd be talking about waiting probably eight weeks anyway before i can get back into the system and go back through again and again and again and you just loop around and it and you get someone different every time and it all just feels very um hopeless and pointless because it it's not gonna eight weeks is not enough um in fact i've even had a counselor say that to me eight weeks is not enough and it begs the question why is there this massive gap in our mental health health care and i i don't even think this is a problem that is unique to the to the united kingdom i think that this is probably a worldwide issue that mental health is just not treated as important as physical health and I've said this before and I know I sound like a broken record but we need to be focusing on both equally now I have been in crisis I have been at the point where I felt like taking my own life I have been at the point where I have actually attempted to take my own life but the truth is, I had to rely on my wife to get me through those times. And she's amazing, and I'm really grateful for her love and support. But what if I was on my own? What if I didn't have her love and support? Where would I be right now? I've even had an ambulance called for me, and it never actually showed up. It ended up that someone else came, a friend came and helped me through things and in the end the ambulance wasn't needed they took so long they weren't even needed um, i'd sort of got through my crisis without the medical help but it's about time that the world wakes up it's about time that 
we start seeing the impact and again going back to um, the documentary ambulance they um, the paramedics even said after they'd finished with that job there's just a lack of funding and there's no funding there's not enough funding for the entire NHS but it seems to be the one place where they don't even try to fund is within mental health and it's a major gap that needs bridging because if that's not bridged um, I don't know the exact figures but there are several people in the UK every day dying of suicide note that I didn't say taking their own life I said they are dying of suicide these are people that are losing their life to their mental illness because and I've even heard it said that oh people that do that are just selfish no actually they're not because in that moment they're not able to think logically enough to realise that maybe their act isn't actually going to be helpful to everyone around them but they think it is they think they're a burden on people they think there's no one around that cares enough to even care if they live or die they don't see it as a selfless a selfish act at the time and it, it's it's a it is a part of that mental illness it is the point where mental illness can grab hold of you so strongly that it kills you why are we not taking that more seriously maybe if we invested our resources into mental health maybe if we invested into those areas then maybe lives would be saved now I'm going to apologize at this point I know this episode has been a little bit um, soapboxy um, like I'm shouting from the rooftops from my soapbox but um, I just feel this is a really important area watching it and it was a week ago now over a week ago that I watched it and it still angers me right now um, just the gap that is there I mean you we could go on to talk about the social issues you know people are dying because of people you know we you know there were assaults and stabbings and all sorts of horrible things going on and of course the heart attacks and everything and you know that that's great those are being dealt with and i'm really happy that the um the nhs is actually looking at that and going right we need to prioritize these patients but prioritizing one patient should not be at the detriment of another prioritizing one patient should not mean that another patient might die and it doesn't get looked at that way it does not get looked at as that life from a physical issue is going to be detrimental to this person with a mental issue because actually that is exactly what's happening the longer you wait for the ambulance you've called for yourself if you're actually able to do that if you're in the right state of mind to be able to do that 
The longer you wait, the longer you feel like they just don't care. And the truth is, the people in that ambulance, they do care. The resources just aren't there for them to get to you quick enough. There isn't the funding needed for them to get to you quick enough. There isn't the funding needed to not even need them in the first place. Could you imagine if, just like we go to a GP for our physical health, and yes, we can go for mental health issues as well, and, you know, really important you talk to your GP if you are dealing with your own mental health issues. But if we were to treat mental health in the same way and say there is a particular doctor at your surgery that is specialising in mental health, that you can go to them, you can go and talk to them, and they will um, be equipped properly to deal with you and your mental health illness. If we were able to catch it at that point, we might even have preventative care rather than reactive care. And we need preventative care for those with mental illness. I've suffered long enough with my own mental illness to realise this probably could have been prevented through talking therapy before I realised I needed it. If, if everyone were, everyone at all were given the chance to talk openly and it doesn't even need to be um, now I'm not even talking about medical services. If, if we could be preventative in ourselves by talking to one another, by allowing each other to be open and honest, then maybe, just maybe, we wouldn't need such a big um, healthcare. We, 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 we wouldn't need so much in the way of um, funding for our mental health healthcare. Again, apologies for the rant that this episode has been. Um, I hope that this has, um, in some way, uh, if you've not related to it, then in some way your eyes have been opened. Um, my my intention from this episode going forward, uh, now I'm not entirely sure at the point of recording how I'm going to do this, um, but I want to find some way of petitioning for better mental health healthcare um, and as soon as I know how that's going to happen I will make sure that I add it into an episode I'll make sure I add it into the description of this one and then you're I'm I hope you'll find that and will um, will sign this petition with me um, or you know petition the government or however it's going to work I don't know exactly what I'm going to do yet but yeah I'm hoping that you can stand with me in this that we can stand firm together that we can um, actually give mental health a voice thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode again my apologies for the rant 
um, and the if you've got anything you want to talk to me about at all then um, there will be some contact details at the end of the episode at the very very end of the episode um, would you, and also as I mentioned before email in the description um, if you have your own experiences you'd love to share whether that be privately or whether you'd love to actually come or you feel brave enough to actually come and speak on the podcast um, then please please drop me a message and I will get back to you and we can have a bit of communication um, if you um, don't know how to how to help you maybe you don't suffer with mental illness but you you want to know more about how to engage in this space and help then again please contact me I'm not promising I have all the answers but I can give a little bit of um, insight from my point of view um, and can try and find some way of you actually physically helping if you want to um, there's always a route to contact me and I, I welcome any contact that you have positive negative anything um, please please don't hesitate to contact and um, with that said I will see you in the next episode thank you again for listening you have been listening to you don't have to be alone if you'd like to get in contact then please search for me on instagram at not alone podcast on facebook at you are not alone podcast or simply email me at not alone podcast at hotmail.com that is not alone podcast all one word at hotmail.com see you next time